after our Father. He has a Sabbath rest for those of us who stay hungry for him and humble before him. Hallelujah. Okay, so today, behind the veil, we're going to be talking about entering our Father's Sabbath rest. We talked some about rest last week, and we ended on Hebrews 3, 18 and 19. It says, And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. See, that doesn't include those who choose to hearken after Jesus. So we're going on in Hebrews 4 today, verse 1. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, still stands, you see that? See, God never changes. His promises are yea and amen. They are true. God is the same. He doesn't renege on his word. He doesn't renege on his promises. He doesn't change his mind. Since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the gospel preached to us just as they did. In other words, the very same gospel. They had it. They had it. They, didn't, they just didn't enter in. But see, we enter in. We enter in. We are, we are those who go after with intention and purpose the fullness of Christ. But the message they heard was of no value to them because those who heard did not combine it with faith. Did not combine it with faith. Our faith is in Jesus. Our faith is in, in him, in, in his word. Faith in Christ. That's our faith. Now, we who have believed enter that rest, okay, wholeheartedly. We wholeheartedly fall into the arms of a loving Jesus. We believe. We trust him. We trust the love of Jesus for us. Just as God said. So I declared... On an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet, that's, those are two really important words right here. And yet, his work has been finished since the creation of the world. Already finished, already done, already provided. God's rest has been provided for you since the beginning. All we have to do is trust Jesus. All we have to do is believe his word, to, to trust him, to fall into his loving arms. He will not leave you, forsake you. He will not disappoint you. Have you ever had someone around you, for, okay, for, for an earthly example, have you ever just had someone around you who whenever they were around, you, you just 
knew everything was going to be okay. You trusted that person, and you knew they were going to take care of things. See, that's what your Jesus is to you. Only better than a human person, right? So we can trust him. We, we concluded last week with the understanding that those who do not trust the word of God will never be able to enter his rest. And that's true, because in faith, we have to combine the word with faith, trust, trust in him. Yes, he, he will do what he said he will do. So conversely, those who have faith in the word, those who, and, and what is the word? That's Christ, that's our living hope, they will enter into God's rest. We get to enter into God's rest. We can trust him. His word is true and powerful. He's for us and not against us. His love is for you. His love has been poured out for you. He loves you with a passion that we'll probably never understand until we see him face to face. But hopefully we grow and grow and grow and get a deeper understanding of his love for us. His merciful love. When we trust God, when we trust his word, we find rest for our souls. I find rest for my soul when I believe the word, that he's true, and he will always be true. He will give us a peace that undergirds and that is greater than any difficult situation we we might encounter. Matthew 11, 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Thank you, Lord, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So we're going to look at the Greek meaning of the word yoke. It's from the word zugos, a yoke. Technically, a wooden bar placed over the neck of a pair of animals so that they can pull together. So figuratively, think about this, figuratively, it is what unites two people, it unites two people to move forward, to work, to function together as one. Together as one. That's the yoke of Jesus. Our soul, S-O-L-E, and our soul, S-O-U-L, 
disposition, the disposition of our hearts is to be one with Christ in every thought, in every action, in every word. That's our heart's cry. That's the cry he really put into your heart when he created you. That's how he destined you to function in an overcoming manner here on this earth. So how do we pull together with Jesus we take, when we take on his yoke? Well, we, we believe his word. We, we believe his word. The scripture tells us that the believer is one with Christ. We are one. We are in him. He is in us. We are one with him. So all we have to do, it's, a, it's already been given. It's, it's a gift you've been given by being a believer in Jesus Christ. And so how do we walk that out? We do not harden our hearts. We do not harden our hearts as they did in the rebellion. And we talked about that a little bit last week. Well, what was that? It was refusing to see what he did for them. It was refusing to know him, to know and understand. It was not assimilating all the things that he had done and all the things that he had shown them into their functioning lives and saying, yes, I believe that. And he's always the same and he did it once and he'll do it again. It was turning back to Egypt in their hearts, right? Christ gave himself when he gave us his word, right? When, when we come in touch, and I don't mean just like touch, when we come in touch, the dynamic of, of the fire of the word in our souls, when we come in touch, with the word, we touch Jesus. He touches us. And you know, I mean, I don't mean like that. I'm talking about fire in your soul. The word of God is life, and it produces life. It can only produce life. It cannot produce anything else. A seed can only produce after its own kind. Jesus is life. It can only produce after himself. He came to produce himself in you. And like we said last week, a witness is not just a talker. A witness brings demonstration of the validity of the truth of what it is that they're of, of what they're a witness. Well, you are witnesses of Christ. You are witnesses of the living, true word. That's your destiny in him. That's who he created you to be. The word of God is our living hope. That's peace. That's rest. You can rest in your loving father. 1 Peter 1.3 Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth 
He has given you new birth into a living hope, into a living hope through the resurrection, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Resurrected from physical death, resurrection from spiritual death, emotional death, any sort. The resurrected Christ living in you, expressing himself in you, seated in your very core. The resurrection of Jesus Christ accomplished something in history. It changed the world forever. It changed your lives forever. It changed death's desire over you into living hope in Jesus. It accomplished something. It took you, it gave you life from death. It gave you life from death. It gave you truth. It gave you truth from deceit. It gave you hope out of despair. All for you, a gift from God. It gave you victory out of seeming defeat. And yes, without him, it would have been. You are born again of the word that created the worlds. You are born again of the world that created this universe. And how much more important are you as his child than even the actual creation? Because you're his child when you believe in him, when you believe in Jesus, when you take Jesus as your hope. When you speak, when you speak the name of Jesus, this is something we all... Just the revelation of this will change everything in your life. When you speak the name of Jesus, you are not speaking just a proper noun. This is not a mechanical thing. You are speaking life. You are speaking life. You are speaking truth. When you speak Jesus, you are speaking God in a situation, how can you not expect it to change according to his perfect plan and will? Hallelujah. You are speaking his life. You are speaking his power. You are speaking his living way. We walk in a living way. Verse 2, 
The message they heard was of no value to them because they who heard it did not combine it with faith. Now we who have believed, we combine it. We enter that rest just as God has said. Just as God has said. So when we trust God, when we trust the truth of his word, his message becomes life in us. It becomes the very life of God in us. Hallelujah. It changes the atmosphere. It changes conditions. It changes us. It changes the circumstance. We are persuaded. We are persuaded. We are not moved by what we see. We are not moved by what we feel. We are persuaded and we enter the rest of God. We enter the peace of our Father. Hallelujah. Verse 3. So I declared on an oath, on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. Okay, that's a certain segment of the population. And yet, and yet, his work has been finished since the creation of the world. His rest has been provided for any of us who will believe in Jesus as a free gift. It is a free gift, his rest. So very clearly here, God instructs us that his rest was purchased since the creation of everything. He purchased Jesus, Jesus, purchased our rest in God as a finished work at the cross, and he perfected, get this, he perfected our opportunity to enter into that rest. It's perfected for you as a believer. When he entered back into heaven, when he entered back into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. So when something's finished, do we need to keep working to finish it? (laughs) When the job is complete, do you need to keep fixing it? No. No, you do not. God has given rest to those who believe and do not harden their hearts as they did in the rebellion. When we believe who he is, when we believe what he's done, when we believe that he's faithful, when we believe we can trust him, I can trust Jesus. You can trust him more than you can trust any, anyone else. You know that, right? Right, of course you do. And God's intent, his heart, was to give you all of himself. All of himself. All of himself. He didn't just pour out a little bit when he poured out Jesus. You get that? His entire intent, 
is for you to receive all of himself. That's not too big of a gospel, beloved. It's just, you know, we think it's too big because we really aren't believing. It's not too big. It's the way he intended it. It's the way he intended it. When you trust him, he longs. The heart of God longs to show you his faithfulness. It longs to show you every promise of his word, that it's yea and amen, that it's true, that it'll never change. His heart is for you to know the entirety of his love for you. Verse 4. For somewhere, he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. And on the seventh day, God rested from all his work. And again in the passage above, he says, they shall never enter my rest. It seems like there's a disconnect there, but it's not because it's tied to our willingness to yield, our willingness to trust, our, our faith that Jesus is who he said he is and will do what he said he, he will do. And again in the passage above, he says, they shall never enter my rest. It still remains. Listen to that. Listen to those words. So he's just said that, and now he says, it still remains that some will enter that rest. So it's conditional, but the promise has never changed. It says here, it still remains that some will enter that rest rest and those who formerly had the gospel preached to them did not go in because of their disobedience and we learned last week that that was unbelief that was unbelief what did they not go into their promised land right they didn't go into the promise every single promise in the word therefore god again listen set a certain day, calling it today, calling it today. When a long time later he spoke through David and was said before, as was said before, today, 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 if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. When you hear the voice of the Lord, Do not harden your heart. Heaven is open. The voice of God is speaking. He's moving the waters. He's life to your soul. His voice is life to your life. Do not harden your hearts. It remains that some will enter God's rest. We enter into that which has already been given and is completely available. The door remains open. (coughs) The portals are open. And when you walk in this, you are meant to be a portal of heaven here on earth. 
clearly here. It says that some will not enter God's rest because they did not go in. They did not go in. It's open. We just walk through. They did not go in because of their disobedience, unbelief, which, you know, is referring to unbelief. What did they not go into? They did not walk into the open heaven. The doors were open. The portals open. You see that? His will be done here on earth. His plan. His will. What better could you want for your life than that? They did not enter in. Now, I looked up the word enter, okay? It's a really long word, so I'm not going to I'm not going to butcher it. <laughs> I'll just let you look it up. But anyway, it means come into of course, it means go. It means enter in. Okay, but listen what Strong said about the figuratively, about figuratively what it means. Listen. To enter into for an important purpose. To enter into for an important purpose. For the believer, doing so, listen, to experience the result of the Lord's eternal blessing. Wow. That's the purpose of taking what the Lord has given. That's the purpose of living behind the veil. That's the purpose of understanding you have an open heaven. That's the purpose of knowing the love of God in your life and how much he loves you, regardless of what you do or don't do. It is intentionality to enter in. We must remain hungry. We must remain humble. We must remain repentant. We enter in to experience the result of his blessing because he has only goodness for you. He has only goodness. They did not believe it. They did not assimilate it into their lives. They did not combine what they heard, the reality of the condition. They did not combine it with belief, so they did not enter in and into the word and all its richness and all its blessing. They did not take the word with purpose and with intention. We must take the word to know Jesus with purpose and with intention. Hungry before him. Because if you don't believe something, you know, you can hear it and hear it and hear it and you'll just disregard it. That's not God's fault. They did not believe the word truly was their answer to their issues. The word always has an answer for your issue. They said, let's go back to what we knew before. Puke. Let's go back to Egypt where it was safe. Let's go back to Egypt where we knew the system. I'm sorry, God really isn't into systems you know, man-made systems. He's into the Holy Spirit. 
who's all truth, all love, who is the testimony of Jesus. So they're like, let's go back where we knew everything, where we understood. No, 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 no. Your destiny in God is to go from glory to glory to glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. New frontiers. Quest after the new frontiers in Jesus. Quest after, go after the new adventure. There's no fear here in Jesus. You hang on to Jesus. You do not have to be afraid of a risk. You do not have, there is no risk in Jesus. I'm sorry, people preach that all the time. There is no risk in Jesus. It is not a risk to step out in faith in Jesus. That's the only sure place you will ever set your foot. So we quest after that, those new frontiers in him. We, qu- we want to stay on the divine journey. Glory to glory to glory. I want the new wine. I, am ne- I will never be done learning. I want the new wine. I want new wine skins. And he has that for us. He has that for us. So Jesus, what does he truly desire? What does he, he wants, the Father wants us to depend on him. See, if you you don't believe something, like I said a minute ago, you just like disregard it. So in their their striving, in their their striving, you know, they, they tried to go back. They they were striving in their own works. They were striving in what they knew. They tried to find a substitute for what what they were being shown. Right? They tried to find a substitute. Well, Jesus is the substitute. Okay? The word is the perfect answer. He is your perfect answer. Our works are trying to do everything right is not what he desires. Because no matter how you want to do that, you'll never do it right enough. Right? At least that's what the devil will tell you, right? Okay? Our works, our doing everything right is not what he wants. He wants what? He wants us to depend on him. He wants us to depend solely on him. He desires that. That is what truly, if you really think about it, that's what obedience is. It is depending on Jesus and doing it his way, believing that his way is the right way, that it is the perfect way, that it works, that it brings you true joy, that it brings you peace. You see that? Our looking to Jesus, the author and finisher, the finisher, the finisher, the author and finisher of our faith. The author and finisher of our faith. Jesus finished the work so that you could have faith so that you could enjoy the goodness, right? 
the blessing of the finished work. Hallelujah. Faith in him that he is trustworthy. You can trust him that when the, the load, when the load, when the load of this world, the load of trying to always do more, to always be more, attacks your spirit, and it is an attack. Those thoughts are attacks from the enemy. You can kick back. You can stop. You can fall into the arms of a loving Jesus and rest and say, just show me your way. See that? Jesus is my Lord and shepherd. He's your good and faithful shepherd. He's not going to leave you out to the wolves. <laughs> he is more than enough. He is your El Shaddai. He is the perfecter in your weakness. See that? In your weakness, he is the perfecter. He is the perfecter in your imperfections. He is the perfecter. I can, I can rest in his faithfulness to me. He was tempted. He was tried as we, as we, as we, the same. He was tempted and tried, and he understands me. He understands you. He loves you. He loves me. He is compassionate and merciful to you. Oh, to know the love of God for us. Oh, to know, to know, to know. Say, my Father loves me. He will by his grace and by his mercy. When I trust him, he will allow me to say, all is well. Say that, all is well. That brings rest to my soul when I say that. It brings life to my heart. Psalm 46, verses 1 through 5 and then 10. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble, and ever-present help. He is ever-present here with you to help you. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, Selah. Selah. Does that sound like things happening today? Okay, can you rest? Can you rest knowing that all is well in your Jesus? There is a river, there is a river, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, whose streams, the river from the throne, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. Let me ask you, why was the veil torn? so that you could dwell, so that you could dwell. Who are you? You are the temple of God. 
You have been given entrance into the holy of holy, into the holiest in Jesus. (coughs) There is a river that makes glad the city of God. Who are you? You are the temple. (coughs) Do you see that connect? Where the most high dwells. He dwells in his temple. You are his temple. If you are a believer in Jesus, it cannot be taken. You cannot be displaced. You cannot be evicted. God is within her. She will not fall. You will not fall. I prophesy that over you today. Because the word says it. God will help her at the break of day be still and know that I am God. So God says today, do not harden your heart when you hear the voice of God. Today, be soft, be pliable, be humble in his hands. Today, don't delay, don't delay. We used to tell our kids this. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Do it now while today is today. Believe and do now the voice of God. Stay tender. Stay tender as a reed before him. He will not snuff out a bruised reed. Stay tender before him. Verses 8 through 11. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his work, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall, no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. That means unbelief. So we have to stay hungry and we have to stay teachable. I need to stay teachable. I need to stay teachable. So here we have it. We get the same rest that God got, right? So certainly, what does this speak of? Certainly, this speaks during creation that God rested from all he had done. His work was finished, and he rested on day seven, right? Certainly, it speaks to that. But also, it speaks of our resting from our own striving, because his work has already been finished. Our own attempts to be perfect, to measure up, to be good enough. So you see, this isn't just a physical daily work. It's resting from earning our worthiness. It's a rest from earning your worthiness in God. 
to prove your worth to him. Okay? My mother-in-law, okay, here's a human example. Here's a human example. My mother-in-law, Joyce, she always says, I loved you because you loved my son. That's really profound, and it shows you the heart of God. I loved you because you loved my son. That's how the father is. He loves you because you love Jesus. There's nothing to earn there. There's nothing to earn there. You are good enough. You are perfect in God's sight because you love his son, Jesus. Because you receive Christ. Nothing you will ever do will be more perfect than that. Nothing will make you more perfect than that. God sent his son to take the blame so that you could be blameless in his sight. Now, does that mean we don't repent? Of course not. I really don't want to get into all that. Y'all know that, right? Yeah, we preach the whole gospel here. God does not, but God does not require perfection, but willingness, yieldedness, obedience, trusting him. He looks on your heart. You do not need to prove yourself to God or any other person on this planet for that matter. You're not here in the business of proving yourself to other people or competing with other people. Verse 12, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two, any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before his, the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Let us know what has been accomplished on our behalf. Let our hearts believe in the goodness of God. Let our hearts believe in the love and compassion and the mercy that he has for us. Let us believe that we are worthy because we love his Son. 15, for we do not have a high priest who was unable, who is unable to sympathize with our weakness. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. He is ever here, present, helping you in your time of need with mercy, with compassion, with long-suffering, with patience, 
with loving kindness. Our high priest Jesus, he understands us. He understands you. He understands you. He went through it all. Anything that you could ever experience, he went through it all on your behalf. He knows every frailty. You do not have to hide from him. You do not have to hide your frailties from him. You bring him to the cross. You lay him down. You say, I'm open before you, Jesus. I'm not going to have anything hiding in the closet. It's not hiding from him anyway. And the moment we open our hearts and we open our souls and we open our lives to him, it gets fixed. And we don't have to run around feeling like we have to hide something. He looks at us and he says, let me help you with that. Let me help you with that. He has mercy. He has mercy for you. He says he has grace, his gift to you. He says, I see your beauty. Do you remember what grace meant? Remember when we studied that? Ultimate in beauty? He sees in you capacities and characteristics that are uncommon, and he sees your beauty. He sees your beauty, and he sees your destiny in him. He calls you by that. He calls you by that. So where you are striving to be more, to do more, to achieve more, Let, God says, let my help undergird you. Let my help undergird you. Let my power be your power. Let my love be your answer. Lay aside the striving. Come and be yoked with me. Together we're going to get the job done. Together we will see the victory in the perfectness of my plan for you, in the, perp- in the perfectness of my, pur- my purpose for you. You will meet your destiny in me, says the Lord. So hold on firmly. Hold on firmly <coughs> to your faith in the word, in who you know me to be. In, ho- in who you know me, in who my word says that I am, in what I have shown you about me in my scripture. My word is alive. My word is active. It will separate you from the anxiety of the world, from the anxiety of the situation. It will make the intent of your heart pure, It will make the intent of your heart pure. It will make your sight clear. It will make your ear, your hearing sharp. It will give you my higher thoughts. It will give you my higher thoughts. It will reveal my spirit to you. 
It will reveal my spirit in you. Psalm 51.10 says, from the Aramaic translation, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew your spirit in me. You see, that is a promise. The renewing of his spirit in us his right spirit, his strong spirit, his living spirit, his steadfast spirit, the purity of his spirit in us, renewed. That's what God does. He renews his spirit in us. So we believe his love for us, beloved. We believe his love for us. We trust in his love for us. It truly is. That love, his love, his pure love, unadulterated love, unending love, compassionate love, merciful love, healing love. His love poured out into us is the key that opens. It is the key that opens every door. It never fails. And it quiets, it quiets every opposition. So that's what the Lord had me say today, had us share today. (laughs) Um, So know the love he has for you. Know the love he has for you. Do not harden your heart. Stay yielded, stay after him. He has deep wells of refreshing and life unto you. You are, are, are the open.